Hi, this is Mark with Pop Points Podcast. I am thrilled to be here with my friend and uh, sometimes collaborator, author, screenwriter, Chris Sires. Hi, Chris. How are you? I'm fine. How are you, Mark? Good. Well, I mean, been kind of maniacal. I got a Actually, uh, we'll talk about it when we when we talk about what we're writing, but or working on. But I okay. got some got some stuff happening, so uh, we'll see how that all, all goes. Right. Yeah. So uh, we are in the the midst of the the heat for Southern California, which isn't still too bad, I guess, compared to the rest of the country. <clears throat> yep. And um, I find it always interesting that as much as I rail against the hot weather, I really hate hate, hate anything above 72 degrees. Um, I usually end up doing my best work when my ass is sweating in this chair trying to get, you know, get something done. What is that? Why is that? Are we just, are we just born masochists? Is that it? Oh, we're we're writers. Yes, we are. (laughs) That's true. Especially if we care about what we're writing. Mm. Yep, we're masochists. Yeah. Yep. Well, there's two ways to make me care about something. One is to actually care about it. The other one is to pay me. Anything, anybody who pays me, I'm instantly <laughs> care about that writing. So. Okay. Um, so I've I've seen a couple interesting shows uh, that just dropped. Have you been watching anything? I'll talk about mine after uh, we talk to you. Uh, the only thing I have uh, seen is I've been watching uh, <laughs> the end of a Scottish rebellion against the British crown in Outlander mm. that comes to a disaster. And I just, and I recorded, but I haven't seen it yet, Pearson? The new series based on uh, the female character from Suits, Gina Torres. Oh, okay. So they took her character and put her with all new characters in a different spot doing a different kind of job. Right. And it looks intriguing. I've liked Gina Torres since she was part of uh, Firefly. Yes, right. Um, yeah, and I, so for me, I'm watching, there's two, two new series on Netflix. One is called The Boys, um, uh-huh. and it's about a group of superheroes. It's a world of superheroes where superheroes are, have been corrupted by fame and fortune. And they're, they're kind uh-huh. of handled in a, like in a corporate fashion. They have, yeah. it's like they were a sports team. And so they have uh-huh. uh, Elizabeth Shue is the only, well, it's, she's not the only person I recognize, but she's the she's the biggest name in there, and she plays the uh-huh. corporate handler. And it's it's very compelling. There's some really good stuff in here. The the issue I'll give you an example of an issue if I can be generic about it. Um, okay. That, that makes me think that they're not quite hitting the right notes yet. Um, gotcha. There's a character in here that they have to kill, and uh-huh. that character is almost impossible to kill. So they figure out a way to kill this character, but it's there's at least another thousand uh, ways to kill this character that that they're not talking about. They're going for the shock value. They're they're going for the the, the heavy hit. It, that'll bother me a little bit, but it it really is a good, well done series. And then the other one is called Another Life uh, with uh, Katie Sackoff from uh-huh. Elder Star Galactica, and you know her from Justified or. Um, Longmire. Uh, Longmire, yes. Right. And this is a – I'm not – so I watched the first episode, and it's uneven, but it's good. Um, I ended uh-huh. up 
uh, wanting to see more. It's about a group of humans who are on a ship that's going to go to talk to the aliens that just dropped an artifact on our world but aren't telling us what it is. And oh. so it's got a pretty interesting uh, premise. Um, and Katie Sackhoff looks, whew, man, she looks great. Uh, yeah. But it, it's a little bit uneven. It, it, you know, I'm a science fiction fanatic, and so I'm really yeah. critical of sci-fi. But it's enough. It's good enough uh, in many, many ways that I want to watch more. So, yes. Uh, so I recommend both of those to you, especially because I think you would. That's your wheelhouse for for many. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Yes. All right. Anyway, um, so what are you working on? Or well, let's talk before we do that. Let's talk about Rutger Hauer uh, briefly. Um, uh, yeah, what a loss, huh? Yes. Yeah. So I knew him, uh, worked with him in the '90s on a project for about six months. Yeah. And um, it never came to fruition. Unfortunately, he had purchased a play uh, that he saw in New York. And um, he wanted to make it into a film. So through this agreement with this film company, they said, if you are in a movie with us, we will do this. We will do this play. Sorry, that shut up. My uh, electronics are always mouthing off to me here. (laughs) Hold on. Let me shut this. Shut up. All right, let me start that again. So anyway, okay. they, they, so they said to him, if you uh, star in one of our movies, which it was a B-movie company, um, yeah. and he said, uh, you know, I want to make this play. So if you, they said, if you star in this film, we will, we will assign a scriptwriter to you yeah. and uh, have somebody adapt the play to the screen. Well, they, I was working for this company a lot. Uh, at that time, and they asked me if I wanted to do it, and I jumped at it. I mean, he's a yeah. he's a you know Roy Batty, my God, the yes. you know, Blade Runner. So we worked for about six months, and um, he was he was really amazing. He's very creative, uh, a little bit arbitrary, you know. Like we, I do something, and he'd go, "That's great," and then the next day, it's like we have to change all that. So, yeah. um, so a lot of it was just rewriting what I had already written that I had already rewritten from a previous uh, session or something, but. Um, you know, really terrific actor, really creative human being, um, wrote, apparently told me the same story he's told subsequent to that, that he wrote the ending about uh, all these things will be lost like tears in the rain. So that soliloquy that he does at the end when he dies, apparently he wrote that um, instead yeah. of the screenwriter uh, or screenwriters. So what's oh. your um, what's your favorite Rutger Hauer film? Lady Hawk. Oh yeah, Lady Hawk's great, oh, and he's the good guy, right? It's a very funny little movie. Um, yes. Have you seen it recently, though? No, I. Ha- it's been a while. Yeah, but it, I remember him, and of course Matthew Broderick as the little pickpocket. Right, Michelle but, Pfeiffer as the. Oh, as, yeah. She was, yeah, she was stunning. Um, oh, one of the absolutely. things you have to go back to the movie and tell me if you can get past the first ten minutes of the score. Because it's oh, this really bad disco score. It probably, yeah. was, you know, at the time it made sense. But, but this yeah. is what happens when you put contemporary music in a movie that isn't, that doesn't reflect that. And then you can't get beyond the fact that this disco music is playing over the this medieval kind of storyline. So Yeah, and they gave 
uh, Matthew Broderick, if I remember correctly, some smart-ass dialogue that Always. Would have worked in the 20th century, but not <laughs> not a few hundred years ago. Right. But the but, concept of Lady Hawk is, uh, is brilliant, um, and uh, everybody who, who, did, who you know, was in the film was really great. Rutger Hauer was, was amazing. Yeah, uh, mine has to be Blade Runner. I I just can't yeah. get beyond that that um, Roy Batty, uh, you know the way he he made me believe that that was a replicant, that that was the yeah. reflection of a perfect human form, uh, even though it wasn't. You, you, there's something about him that made you believe it. He just he yeah. sold that. So uh, for me, Howard uh, Howard was always a talented actor always but oh, yeah. he was one he was one of these actors that also had screen presence too mm-hmm. i mean like burt lancaster and robert yep. mitchum it's a good point when they showed up on the screen you watched them even if they were just standing there mm-hmm. i agree i uh i remember him in um Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. He was one of the. Uh-huh. He was a guy in a, a spy in Germany that Sam Rockwell uh, contacted. He was really. I mean, he just eats the screen when he shows up. You, yeah. You're riveted for him. So, yeah. Anyway, Rutger Hauer, rest in peace. Uh, we we had a, a long lasting love affair with you, and um, that's going to continue. I'm still going to watch Blade Runner every time it. I can see. I can and uh, marvel yeah. at that performance. So. Um, just to remind everybody, we are Plot Points Podcast. I am Mark Sevy um, with my friend and uh, co- sometimes collaborator, author, screenwriter, Chris Stiers. Uh, Chris's new book, The Thurian Chronicles, has dropped. It's available on Amazon. Uh, I think you're at Barnes & Noble also, right? Yes. Okay. And you can find Chris at his website at ChristopherStyers.com, or he has an Amazon page, and I'm sure there's information about him on Barnes & Noble. Uh, the Thurian Chronicles is a little bit of a departure for Chris, but it's built in a world that he's uh, that he created a very compelling uh, storyline. And these are vignette or uh, novellas, right? Three or four different yeah. stories. Yes, novellas. Yeah, in one book. Yeah, in one book. Stories. Okay, cool. And you're working on what? Well, I'm working on another uh, novella, mm-hmm. uh, but also I uh, hadn't done this in a long time. I took uh, one of the stories from Thirteen Chronicles and turned it into a screenplay. Oh, that's right. Okay. And I found through Inktip a, a producer that was looking for material based on either a novel or, you know, a news story, something that had been printed. Mm-hmm. And I'm going, well, let's give it a shot. Mm-hmm. So it's been a week since I've sent it off to them and I haven't heard anything. haven't said, send the screenplay, you know, why are you bothering us? <laughs> and, you know, we don't ever want to see your name again. Yeah. I haven't heard anything yet. Well, ink tip takes forever. Well, I I've guess waited. You've got to go through them and then to the producer. Well, they they have a pretty big subscriber base, and yeah. um, 
maybe we should get those guys on on the podcast one of these days. But yeah. um, the point is, is there's a, you know maybe who knows how many thousands of people have responded to that particular lead. Yeah. Um, so anyway. Um, well, I found a couple other screenplay contests mm-hmm. that are looking for stuff to send, and both of them are free. Mm. And so I'm going to check into both of them a little more thoroughly before I decide to shoot that screenplay to them. Yeah, and don't forget to re- register your work either with the WGA, yes. the Writers Guild, or with the Copyright Office of the United States of America. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah, so me, I'm working um, – I had a pilot that garnered some interest uh, from a producer, big, big-time producer. And I've kind of been keeping quiet on it because I'm a little bit superstitious about talking about it to anybody. But, I mean, um, I just finished another rewrite on it. I don't know if I've mentioned it before, but the way I analogized it, he, I gave him an apple, and he wanted a piece of fruit, but he wanted an orange. So it was sufficiently different enough that I would have had that I had to rewrite uh, the entire thing using the same world. This I could I ended up using a lot of the same characters, which was great. Um, but it's a sea change. It's a complete re-envisioning of this uh, concept. So the thing about these guys is they're hot for about five minutes and then they you know, then they're on to something else. So I knew I had to finish it. Uh, in a timely fashion. So I just blew through it in a week. Uh, hopefully, it's going to be well-received. We're sending it to him tomorrow uh, for, for comments. And uh, so we'll see. I don't. It's a contemporary drama, a little bit different from what I normally write, uh, but it's got violence and sex in it, so I, I can do that. <laughs> yes, and you do it well. <laughs> Thank you. I wish it was based, at least the sex part, I wish it was based on my real life, but uh, I'm totally <laughs> fantasizing. <laughs> anyway, which uh, that's a good segue into our top uh, whatever, five, seven, ten, however many, I don't know. We, we This is a moving target here, the number. But... Uh, uh, we came up with an idea to write since Once Upon a Time in Hollywood has dropped, and it's kind of a throwback or an homage to those old um, the 70s types of uh, gangster crime films. We came up with the idea of doing our top five to seven to ten gangster slash crime movies that are not The Godfather. Yeah, I initially thought, oh, this can be hard, but it wasn't at all. Um, it wasn't. Yeah. They did some terrific, and even some terrific B films. Yes. Oh, yeah. That involved oh, yeah. crime and gangsters back in the seventies. All right. So let's kick your uh, let's kick your list off, and let's see what you got. Because I think we're probably going to have some some uh, uh, crossover here. We could. Uh, I'm the first one I'm going to mention is I think a classic. Dog Day Afternoon with Pacino. Oh, yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Attica. uh, Attica. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And uh, I rediscovered the old uh, movie with Walter Matthau and Robert Shaw, The Taking of Pelham 123. That's on my list. That's on on my list, too. That's a great, a great, great movie. 
Yes. And then there's this little cat-and-mouse thriller with Elliot Gould and Christopher Plummer called The Silent Partner. Okay. I don't think I've ever seen that, but go ahead. And uh, then <laughs> I've got a Clint Eastwood film, Thunderbolt and Lightfoot. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay. I haven't seen that in, in – uh, well, I don't um, know if I've ever seen the whole thing. So Yeah. Okay. And then – Another Walter Matthau movie, this time instead of playing the good guy, he's the crook, called Charlie Varick. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that very fondly. So, cool. Yeah. Any, uh, how many more do you have? Well, I, you tell me when to stop. I got well, to go ahead. Ten. No, go ahead. I've got some what I was going to. I didn't want to cut you off, so go ahead. Okay. Well, I love The Sting with yes. Newman and Redford. Yes. And then there's this little Charlie Bronson movie called The Mechanic. I love that movie, yeah. Uh, and then there's, I actually found a Western um, with uh, Kirk Douglas and Henry Fonda called There Was a Crooked Man. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, that's an interesting and, uh, choice. And uh, then um, a Michael Caine Gangster Get Carter. Movie called Get Carter. Yep. It's on my and, list. And for some reason, uh, this was one of John Milnes's uh, earlier films, and it's with Warren Oates and a dozen solid character actors called Dillinger. Yeah, I, I wasn't. I saw that. I wasn't going to put that on my list, though. I'm not sure yeah. that's one of my favorite or one of the. Well, it's got its moments, and it's got its. Not moments, uh, but overall, uh, if that was on the screen, I'd sit there and watch it again. Yeah, well, that's those are good. You know, some of those movies are surprising. I didn't come up with. Uh, I think we crossed over twice. Uh-huh. Uh, by the way, it's John Milius, not. Uh, Milius. I, yeah, I meant okay. to. I, I didn't want to interrupt you, but it's John Milius for Dillinger. Okay. Um, so my films kind of are very similar except the sting i didn't put the sting on the list because i wasn't looking at that as a <clears throat> excuse me as a crime film um i know it involves a crime but it's not what i was thinking in terms of you know like i was thinking of cops and robbers or or gang you know it, it's kind of anyway but it's a great okay. it's just a great film absolutely yeah. so my list is get carter um mm-hmm. The Taking of Pelham 123, yep. which you you mentioned. The Veloci Papers. Okay. Uh, okay. Bronson again. Yeah. The Mean Streets with, uh, uh, oh. was a Scorsese film. Yeah. Uh, Shaft. Okay. Uh, okay. The French Connection. And ah, okay. a movie I'm going to cheat on a little bit uh, that was actually done in 1980. Uh, which was called The Long Good Friday, which is one of the best gangster oh, films yeah. I have ever seen. Bob Hoskins, right? Oh, yeah, incredible, incredible. With Helen Mirren, Bob Hoskins. Uh, it, it, it has such a great storyline. It's, it's one of the more amazing films I've ever seen. Yeah. So. Um, anyway, those are great movies. If you guys want to avail yourself, there's I've seen these uh, articles out there, uh, you know, 10 movies you should see before seeing 
Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. And I haven't looked at those lists, but I'm certain some of the films that Chris and I have mentioned are definitely on there. Um, And, you know, Quentin Tarantino is nothing if not, uh, I don't know that there's a word for it, but an homager. He he has a a sense of history, film history especially. Um, In my opinion, he borrows quite a bit from maybe too much from movies that have already been done, but there's no doubt that uh, I can agree with him on a lot of the stuff he loves as a, as a a filmmaker. So yeah, Uh, once upon a time in in Hollywood is getting really great reviews. Um, So if, but if you don't want to go in a theater and see it, some of these other movies that Chris and I have mentioned uh, would be a good alternative. I will put a list as usual in the show notes. Uh, you can avail yourself of the uh, of our lists and uh, maybe maybe learn something about what came before uh, the movies of the last ten years. Because sometimes we really get tunnel vision; we forget how great c- cinema has been all our yeah. lives. So. Yes. All right. Um, we're Plot Points Podcasts. You can find this podcast on iTunes. Uh, there's a website, plotpoints.com. And if you have any questions or comments or you just want to say yo, you can call 919-SCRIPTS. That's 919-S-C-R-I-P-T-S. And leave a message for me, and I will uh, either acknowledge you on the podcast or uh, get back to you with some information if that's what you require. I also teach screenwriting through Orange Coast College Community Ed. Uh, my classes are just started, so the next session wouldn't be until uh, late August or early September. But uh, you can find all that stuff on uh, scriptwritingclasses.org or ocscreenwriters.com or .org. All right, so Chris, uh, we are... Uh, you know, since this mandate I've come up with to to shorten these podcasts, we are at the the end of the end of the road here. But uh, okay. d- were there any questions that you wanted to talk over? Any anything um, you wanted to do? Yeah, I've got at least one question I want to put to you. Okay, and this might come in handy for some of our other screenwriters. What's the difference between an agent and a manager? Yeah, and that's a good question. I, I think we've answered that question on this podcast before, but it's been a while. So let me let me cover it real quickly. All right. Once upon a time, an agent was the only your only option in Hollywood. There were yeah. people that were interested in your career that could help you, but most of them couldn't engage. Uh, like, for instance, if you write a script and you wanted to get out to a bunch of people and your agent agrees, that's the person that can do that. They'll send it to... Uh, all of their people that they have relationships with or all of their people that the agencies that they work for have relationships with. So if you have a script that needs to go out, an agent may may send it out to 10 or 20 people. Um, also, the agent to be an agent, you have to take a test. You have to get certified. So not everybody can be an agent. You, you, there's, a, there's a set of rules to that. A manager is, they're fairly new uh, in the pantheon of Hollywood, although... Uh, actors and directors and 
people like that have had a, a managers for many years. A manager more shapes your career. In other words, you might a manager might get interested in your writing and say, Chris, you're a, a great writer. I have I have a feeling you and I can do some business, but you have to stop writing cowboy films. You have to write a, a, a gangster film. And uh-huh. so based on that information, they try to shape your 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 career into a place where they think they can sell you. Okay. Here's the problem. A manager, an agent traditionally takes between 10 and 15 percent. A manager takes between 10 and 15 percent. So if yeah. you have both an agent and a manager, you're going to you're going to give away almost a third of your your work, yeah. your money. Uh, uh-huh. And and do you need both? I don't think so. One or the other is fine. But at some point, somebody has to negotiate for you. And that's usually an agent. Uh-huh. But I have an attorney. I have an entertainment attorney. So I have neither a manager or an agent. I get most of the work that I get on my own. And um, so when I sit down at, to write something, I don't have anybody telling me, uh, here's the direction you should go in. Yeah. Uh, or w- write this and we'll send it to you know Sylvester Stallone's company. I don't have any of those expectations. I have to do all that on my own. So it's valuable uh, to have an agent or a manager because that's another person that's interested in your career besides yourself. So bottom line is an agent gets you uh, gets your work exposed and can negotiate a contract for you. A manager is more of a shaper of your career, but can also do managerial things, but there's okay. no guarantee that that's going to be a good, a good fit. So yeah. anyway, okay. yeah. So, um, well, I think we should wrap it up here. We're right. running to uh, 30 minutes, 35, 30 minutes or so. And okay. uh, I want to make sure that we're not overextending our stay. Um, so we are Plot Points Podcast. Uh, it, well, I'm sorry. Chris, did you have any questions about my answer? I know I went off on a tangent. No, no. I thought you were uh, – I you thought you went off on a tangent. I thought you explained it well. Oh, okay. Thanks. I appreciate that. Um, I, you know, I'd have you on the podcast even if you said otherwise, so. <laughs> okay, Mark. <laughs> otherwise. There, I said it. Oh, damn you. Uh, <laughs> All right. Anyway, well, uh, listen. We'll uh, we'll 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 reconvene in a couple weeks. Um, okay. And um, I want to thank our audience <coughs> for hanging around uh, these I don't know how many years, couple years. And uh, to all those who are new to the podcast, uh, you, if you want to hear older episodes, um, there's they're available on iTunes or actually I think they're called Apple Podcasts these days. I have to look into that. I'm teaching this, so I should actually know, but I don't. Um, <laughs> And also there's a website that I put up years ago called plotpoints.com where you can hear older episodes or there's a contact form on the website to contact us or there's a number, a phone number listed on there, 919 scripts, it's 919SCRIPTS where you can, where you can actually, uh, give a call, not live of course, but uh, you can, you know, leave a message and tell us, uh, you know, you're full of crap or, or Mark, you talk too much or, let Chris have his own podcast because you're driving me nuts. Uh, you know, whatever you want to say uh, is is uh, is good. We would love to hear from you. So, so yeah. for myself and my co-host Chris Styers, thank you, Chris, for being with me again. Not a problem. I 
thank you. I consider it an honor to oh, be on well, the podcast. Thank you. I, uh, I couldn't think of a better guy to talk, uh, to talk writing over. I mean, you and I run in slightly different uh, circles, although you have, a, you have uh, some, some, some fold over into scripts, uh, and I have some fold over into prose. I, in fact, I just should mention my, my – I'll mention it when it drops, but I just wrote an article for Creative Screenwriting Magazine about ending. Right. Yeah. So we're – hopefully that's going to drop next month, which is in a couple of days. But um, I, you know, I love talking process with you, and I love talking story, and I love talking uh-huh. – you, know, you and I are fanboys for many, many genres and many, many movies yeah. and all that stuff, so – so that's the cool part of it. But, but anyway, I started to wrap this up, and I got off on a path, a small path, but I'm bringing it back. Here we go. Uh, for myself and my co-host, Chris Stiers, whose work can be found at ChristopherStiers.com and also on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. Uh, thank you very much. Be inspired. Do good work. Mm-hmm.